Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your new host of the Thursday edition, Chris Carter, joined my co-host, Ryan Tracy. We are here to talk about all the big news in the NFL. Ryan, how you doing, my man? I am hanging in. I am excited to have football back finally. How are you? Doing great, doing great. As always, this episode today is brought to you by one of our great sponsors, NFL Game Pass. NFL Game Pass is the place where you get football all the time, see all the action every game, full game replays. You can get 45-minute condensed games. You can see all the great film that we use to analyze the game. Just go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. But today, we've got a lot of news to cover, Ryan. So let's get into it. Absolutely. And folks, we are the new hosts of your Thursday show. We'll be here every week. You can find Chris over at Locked On Steelers as well. And you can find me at Locked On Chiefs. So with, so with today's show, we're going to talk about the, the big news of the day. And there's two major signings from two guys that love to line up on the outside. Jalen Ramsey signs a mega deal that makes him the highest paid non-quarterback uh, in, the, you know, at the, in the league's history. And then DeAndre Hopkins signs a two-year extension that pays him a whole boatload of money. Ryan, this is two major stars in the NFL, but they're established veterans, and they're getting big dollars. Yeah, I mean, this is wrap-up-your-career kind of money, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what Ramsey did, you've seen his progression. We know the contract's been hanging out there for quite a long time. To get that done and have it settled, I think that actually not only helps him, but it, it helps McVay. It helps the whole organization to settle down, focus on the season, see what you can get done. Absolutely. Uh, that's certainly, and, and that's certainly something that people have to have to wonder about is like, you know, is settling it in. And when he got, when he got sent to the Rams, I mean, you look at that situation and the Rams, they figure, Hey, if we, we want to get him, we got to lock him in here. This new deal is worth $105 million, including 71.2 million in guaranteed money. That, that's $21 million a year. That's extreme for anybody, let alone a cornerback. Yeah, I mean, and if you saw Hard Knocks, uh, I think I know where he's putting it right there up in the hills with the snakes and all. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But also on 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 the other end, because it's funny, these are two guys in the in the NFC West. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets a huge deal from the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to line up against each other uh, twice a year now, and maybe three times a year if they can both make the playoffs. So that's tough with the Seahawks and the Niners in in the, in the same division, but. Um, but, you know, looking at this, you know, what do you think of DeAndre Hopkins getting this huge deal? Because Hopkins is a guy, in my book, like he was right up there with Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and all, and Michael Thomas over the years. Uh, and now he's working with a second-year quarterback in Kyler Murray. Yeah, and, you know, he seems pretty excited about it from what I saw. I feel that it's a really good match. I think he's been lucky to be with Deshaun, and honestly, I, his – realization of freedom from the Texans organization that we'll talk about here later in the show. I think that goes a long way into rejuvenating his game. And with a young quarterback like Murray, I think it's, it's nearly a perfect pairing. And the thing that stood out to me, I want to know what you think. I understand that he negotiated his own contract. That's highly impressive. And for, for a guy who coming off of him leaving Houston, Bill O'Brien said, you know, he, you know, talked about how, 
told him like, you know, oh, you got to be careful how you bring baby mamas around and, you know, kind of slighted him a little bit. And DeAndre Hopkins didn't appreciate that. For him to negotiate his own contract, that shows a lot of professional responsibility and good. Uh, and the fact that he got so much money shows that he's pretty good at it. Absolutely. And so now he's under contract for an extended amount of time. Yeah, it's backloaded because of this extension, but I think it's, it goes to show that not only is it good for him, but I think this really ups the ante for Kyler Murray as his development in a second year quarterback is something we've seen do really, really well in the last couple of years. Right. And before we go to our first break, we got to talk about the, the news of the NFL losing two premier edge rushers to injured reserve Vaughn Miller I believe on Tuesday was announced to have a dislocated peroneal tendon in his ankle, basically an injury that's going to require a surgery that will sideline him for the rest of the season. A huge blow to the Denver Broncos. You covering the Chiefs, you've seen Von Miller his whole career, but we've also seen Daniel Hunter of the of the of the Minnesota Vikings, their their defensive end. He's on injury reserve with a quote unquote undisclosed injury. Two huge blows to two teams that we're looking to maybe push to see, hey, maybe we could be one of those teams that push for a wild card or make a, a, a good run this season to improve. Yeah, I'm, I'm really – it's two players that are, I think, both hitting a peak of different sorts. Hunter, obviously the younger guy. Vaughn Miller was supposedly in the best shape of his career after having kind of redoubled himself and getting back up to his – former glory it's a shame to see both of them go down but it's very interesting to see how this comes out with hunter and when we find out what exactly it is i agree we need to see what 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 that is but i mean and von miller not only being the shape of life he fought back after getting covid he tested positive back in march and he said it was really impacting him and he fought back from that and was looking good in camp and they said it was the last play of the practice just so unfortunate um, and, and so sad that that happened to him. We got to see what happens with Daniil Hunter. Um, but you know, there's a reason that we know we we can we know and we evaluate how these guys were the best edge rushers. And part of that reason, Ryan, are our great sponsors at the NFL Game Pass. I don't know about you, Ryan. I use the heck out of that service. It's a great service, and I suggest all of our listeners to check out NFL Game Pass. They've got 45-minute condensed games. If you just want to see the want to see that like the game in a quick fashion, if you want to see the whole replay with with audio, with with uh, broadcasts and replays and all, you can see the full game. You can also look at the all 22 coaches' angles. Ryan, to me, this is a great service. I spend a lot of time in the all 22 every week. That's kind of what I do. Uh, and you can get inside from the player's perspective as well. They have breakdowns of the concepts and the techniques and they get guests onto that platform like Deshaun, like uh, Stefan Gilmore, like Devonte Adams. There's a lot going on there. And all you have to do to get it is go to NFL.com slash game pass and start your free trial today. NFL game pass where football never stops. Thanks, Ryan. You're absolutely right. That's an NFL Game Pass. You all go check it out. We're going to take one quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ryan Shazier announcing his retirement. What all happened there right after this? It is the first week of active NFL football. We're all very excited, but something significant happened in Pittsburgh that we might not have seen company. It's kind of a shame to see, but officially retired is Ryan Shazier, a guy that you've covered. Yeah, it's crazy because I was there when Ryan Chazia really started to come of age for the Steelers. Uh, he was drafted in 2014, and I started covering the Steelers officially for DKPittsburghSports.com in 2016. And I can tell you, over my two years while he was there, he was one of the most insightful players to talk to because he taught you about the game. Whenever you asked a question, he gave you a full response. He wasn't like, yes, no, maybe, I don't know. He would say, like, you'd ask a question about, hey, what did you see on a run play? He would remember the play. He'd break it down. This guy was one of the – really great football minds as well as players 
before he was injured. And I was actually there when he got hurt in Cincinnati and Paul Brown State. It was, I remember it was December 4th, uh, 2017. The defense of the Steelers was looking great. And I remember everyone in that press box just thinking like, football doesn't matter right now. We don't know, how, you know, what Ryan Shazier is going through. But the amazing story of Ryan Shazier, and I think that's the true highlight of this retirement announcement he's made, is that he has made a full recovery and that this man walked out in the following NFL draft. He got married, danced with his wife at their wedding, which was a true beautiful thing if you've ever seen that video. And then today, well, in some uh, media availability, which I was, we, we were able to talk to him about and I was on the call for, uh, thanks to DKPittsburghSports.com, but he talked about how, you know, someone asked him, hey, you, you do all these great workout videos. What's your latest physical achievement? You know, because he's done box jumps and all these different uh, mm-hmm. uh, workouts. But he said the biggest physical achievement he had recently was that his son tagged him, ran away, and he was able to chase down his son and tackle him and play with him. And they were both laughing. And he said that to him was the great physical achievement, knowing that he can have those moments with his family. That's, that's the huge turnaround, right? From being an elite athlete to having that injury where you're not sure you're ever going to get out of a bed again to then just getting back to normal dad stuff. I have kids too. And that's the thing that you probably miss the most when it gets to quiet time and you're not on the field and you're not in the facility. It's about being a dad and moving around. I'm really happy to hear that for him. At this point in his career, uh, moving on, I'm sure he's somebody – he was at the top of my list pre-draft in terms of athleticism. He was one of the original guys that could become one of those tweeners, those coverage linebackers. He has to move on to a different phase of his life, but he's certainly got a lot of irons in the fire and new directions to go. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that after his injury, he didn't go away from football. He was around the Steelers all the time. And like, even when he, when he got his legs back and he was able to walk around, you saw him at training camp when the Steelers would move, they would, you know, when they would, you know, have to move to a different workout and training camp, he wouldn't move as fast, but he would kind of like lightly jog. And it was like, well, what? Like, and, and like when people first started seeing that people were tweeting it out of training camp, like Ryan Chazier is moving out here. He's doing things. And again, that alone is the victory here. You know, this man was paralyzed. We didn't know what was going to happen to him. And everyone was saying, like, it, it was just such a, a horrible story. And he's turned this into a big triumph for him. Um, and, and now he said, like, you know, he's, he's going to be doing a podcast on Spotify where he's going to be talking about Football Insight. We didn't get all the details there because I think it's still being worked out. But, um, but he, he's, gonna be, he's, he's, he's sticking around football. He's figuring out where he can make the biggest impact in the world. I asked him that question, and he said he just he thinks that his best insight is explaining what a true player's perspective is because that was one thing that he did extremely well when, you know, a lot of people from outside the locker room would come in and ask things of him like, hey, what's this and what's that? He would lay to you, lay to you uh, clean and straight like, hey, man, this is how we're talking as a locker room right now. This is what's really going on. And I think that that's valuable as a player, especially when you can articulate it as well as Ryan Shazier does. Well, and it's something that's missing from the landscape of, of even our podcast world, right? Because having X players that have lived it, done it, and can actually explain it to somebody who doesn't have the reference points, I think that's really critical. And it expands not only his world influence, but the influence of the game, to tell you the truth, in a, in a league that wants to expand, a Europe that wants to bring in all these people that don't have the frames of reference. I think that's really great that he could become an ambassador for the sport. I agree about that. And one thing that's truly inspirational about Ryan Shazier 
isn't just that he made it through it. It was his attitude the entire time. And the call today that we did, we had on Zoom when we were talking to Ryan Chazier and he was telling us things. The Steelers at the very end, they bring on general manager Kevin Colbert, you know, who you know made sure to draft Ryan Chazier in his first round in 2014. And Colbert said that, you know, every time they see a player retiring, a general manager, a team, an organization, they worry about does that is that player going to figure out what they want to do next in life? Do we have to worry about what you know, about how they're going to embrace that transition? And Colbert said that he thanks he thanked Ryan Chazier on on the call and said we thank you because we know we don't have to worry about that because even while you were paralyzed and you didn't know if you'd ever walk again, you never step 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 back and said why me. You never took pity on yourself, and you always look to find the strength in yourself. And he said that inspired the entire organization to go and say, hey, every day we got to find strength in ourselves to overcome what we're going through. And Kevin Colbert finished that by saying that he may retire as an NFL player, but he'll never retire as being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I, I can tell you, as a person who's seen Ryan Chazier go through the, all, all this entire process, that left me a little, a little teary at the end there. Hey, gr- grown men, that'll break you up a little bit. That is such a transition to go through that entire circle of life in, in what, three seasons now, three years? Uh, for that to become that kind of inspiration, not only for that team, but that organization overall, people that aren't on the field, people that are in the front office, you know, this has got to be something that I would guess would be kind of a lasting influence. Do you expect him to have a role within the organization? Well, the Steelers have made it clear anytime he wants to come back, he can. Uh, this is the first year we, we haven't seen him around, and they, but they've said that's clearly because of COVID. Like, and, and that's all because of that. Now, Ryan did indicate he was going to probably retire this year anyways but that he would have done so and been around the team. Now he said like, you know, coaching's absolutely in the thought process of what he wants to do, but he wants to step back from the game a little bit, evaluate, kind of, you know, do some podcasting, figure out what he wants to do with life, and then he'll approach it how he wants. But the Steelers have made it clear, like, you know, if Ryan wants to be part of the team for the rest of his life, you know, uh, Art Rooney said, yeah, he's, he's, he's with us for as long as he wants to be with us. And that's something that over the years of my covering the Steelers and even before then when I would just watch the Steelers and how they appreciated their own players, um, even if they said like, hey, man, we can't keep you around here financially, but you're still one of us. That's always been like that family environment that they've had. Um, and uh, Ryan Shazier got to experience all of that. And, and he absolutely respects it. Uh, they also had Mike Tomlin and his, his teammate Vince Williams on the call. And both of them were calling him brothers. And they were like joking with each other and telling him they loved each other. It was just uh, truly a touching moment. Uh, but Ryan Shazier, you know, he's been able to count on the Steelers. And the Steelers were able to count on him. And uh, it, it's, it's a sad story. It's bittersweet. But it is truly inspiring to see him make it through this process, have his head held high, retire, and say, I have other plans to move forward and live a, live a better life. Well, and as an example to all of his teammates about how to make that transition, that's got to help. And I think it's got to help them where they are now because I, I don't want to put you on the spot about predictions, but I feel that they, they should be contending. I think they're going to finish second in the division is my thought. I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to feed you any lines, but that all comes with what? And coming back transition at other positions I think that all goes to be the inspiration underneath the foundation of that team that's lifting itself up absolutely I mean the 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 team itself Mike Tomlin told Ryan Clark a a little bit ago and Ryan Clark exposed this on ESPN saying that like Mike Tomlin said this is how I felt before 2008 we have the team it's up to us and for when Mike Tomlin says stuff like that it usually means something 
I usually take that seriously. So the Steelers have a lot of dependable pieces right now. They have a lot of players that they can count on. And I think that that's what they're going to use to propel them and have their best shot at, uh, at, you know, at making the playoffs and even winning the division because no AFC North team in the history of the division has won it three times in a row. Baltimore's won it twice. Let's see if they hold on to it. But again, the Steelers, they've got a lot of dependable pieces. And I got to tell you, when it comes to dependable, there's very few places out there that are as dependable as rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the place where I go, where everyone should go when you need a car part. They have an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. And they save you all the time of having to go around to dealerships, right? I tell you what, they keep my truck running. And it's because they're chains, they're everywhere. But they don't have a different price for the professionals versus the do-it-yourselfers like me. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are consistently and reliably low. They always offer the lowest prices. Rather than changing them like you get with airlines and other things that kind of bend and sway with the wind. So what you need to do is check out RockAuto.com. Everybody can get in there without a membership, without an account login, without anything. Absolutely right. We'll be back. It's Thursday night football tonight. We didn't forget that, y'all. We're going to preview that game in our game of the weekend right after this. And we're back here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Chris Carter here with Ryan Tracy, Locked On Steelers and Locked On Chiefs, bringing it at you. And it's time to give you our previews for the upcoming week. Now, we, as you're going for this show, we recognize Thursday, fo- Thursday Night Football. That's going to be the last thing we talk about. But the first thing we talk about is the game that we pick as our weekend game of the week. And it's an NFC West showdown. We were talking about, about one of these teams earlier. That's the Arizona Cardinals visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Kyler Murray against the reigning. NFC champions. Ryan, how do you see this game right man, right now, man? And I am super intrigued by this one. After being up close and watching the 49ers go through their last season, we know that they're pretty stout, right? And you can see how they're going to progress or, or where you expect they might. But for these Cardinals, they've added a couple of things. We talked about the hop contract. What's going to happen with the quarterback in the second year of the offense? They added some good guys on defense. You know, they, they got so good, they cut, what, a fourth-round wide receiver off of one year. So that tells me that they're comfortable in where their offense is in terms of being able to put up points against a Niners team that was pretty explosive scoring themselves. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you got Raheem Mostert still over there on the running back side. They still got Greg Kittle, who's, who's the superstar tight end for them. Jimmy Garoppolo's in his system. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see how the Niners – play out this year offensively uh, but I mean Kyler Murray one thing that the Steel, well, the Steelers faced him last year and they were able to beat him uh, in Arizona and I remember watching that game and the Steelers were praising him how tough he is because he was even with all their pass rushing he was able to keep working evading and taking as many shots as he could this is another this is a Niners defense they got Bosa they're gonna be bringing heat all day and they still have Richard Sherman in the secondary lots of moving pieces here if you had to pick a team right now, is it still the Niners? Are they still the team because, you know, everyone's still hyping them from last year? Or do you think the Cardinals, maybe at least to start the season, are going to surprise somebody? Man, that, it's a tough one. But I, I'm going to have to go with the Niners just because I got to feel like they're a little bit better put together overall. Like, and they've been there, done that, right? So getting started the season after you lose the Super Bowl is always tough. There's, there's a lot going on there. But I feel like they, they can hit the round running probably a little bit better than the Cardinals. But I'll tell you, this is the game that is on my list on a Sunday where I don't have to be covering my team. I'm going to be watching all of this one. Absolutely. But let's start to talk about your – oh, no, excuse me. Before we talk about your team, I'll give my prediction. I also think the Niners are going to win – 
I think that they that they've they've got they still got a good defense. They still got a decent offense. I think that eventually you're going to see the tides turn in the NFC West later this year. I think you're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo and teams really lock on to what he tries to do. I'm not a big supporter of Jimmy G as far as him being the, the quarterback of the future, but I still have a lot of respect for that Niners defense. And I think defenses are going to predominantly control the earlier part of the season um you know if you're a better defense if you're a better pass rush and you're against a younger quarterback I think especially the first month or so of the NFL they're going to have advantages uh after teams didn't get a rookie camp a mini camp and uh had weird training camps to kind of build that cohesiveness and no preseason games so through all that I think defenses are going to have a little bit of an advantage um and I think that especially great defenses and the Niners may, may have a great defense Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about they might be getting Debo back when they didn't think they were going to get him, they got Brandon Ayuk. They're giving new tools to go along with Kittle and Mosert and McKinnon and, and Garoppolo a little bit there. Uh, Cardinals gave Buda Baker a huge contract. So you're expecting to get some better performance out of the secondary for Arizona as well. I'm still going to take them, but man, I, I really think that this is a team that's going to show later in the season when they get their rematch. That might be the game of the week at that point. No, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Later in the season, I think that this is going to be a different story with where these teams are. But the first game, the game that kicks it off for all of us, the game you all better be watching if you're listening to this podcast, is Texans, Chiefs. Ryan, everyone's excited, but I know you got to be excited. This is your squad, and it's Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes ready to duke it out. I tell you what – with the contract that Sean just got, what we saw happen with Patrick Mahomes, these, these guys are the stars along with, with Lamar for the future, for this next generation that's coming out. You see them go head-to-head again is a lot of fun. And, yes, I've covered the, the Chiefs here going on nine years now, and that organization has been a, a slow ramp-up since Andy Reid came to town. And now with this whole COVID thing, the one thing that they've been able to do is they have been able to keep as many players as possible. They're going to return 20 starters. They're going to go through a lot of guys that have potential but don't have to play right away. Their rookie class will get some time on Thursday night, but it won't be because they have to get in there. I expect the offense to hit the ground running. I think the Texans are going to have their hands quite full. I'm with you on that. As much as I like Deshaun Watson, I am not confident about the direction that Bill O'Brien has this this team going. They've been losing star after star. Um, And sure, they – you know, they, 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 they've been able to try and, you know, build around Deshaun Watson a little bit. But DeAndre Hopkins leaving, I, I don't see in any way is this a positive. You know, Will Fuller, I think, is an exciting receiver. But the problem is he hasn't been healthy. Um, I'm still concerned about that Houston offensive line. And uh, the Chiefs basically returned everybody. I mean, Honey Badger's back. Chris Jones is back. Uh, you know, for Clark's back. Like, everybody's come back. And Patrick Mahomes, they didn't even lose Sammy Watkins. They still got Sammy Watkins on top of Miko Hardman and, oh, this guy they call Tyreek Hill. Um, and and Damian Williams is gone. And some said maybe he could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Guess what? They drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was the first running back selected in the NFL draft this year, a guy who I absolutely loved. And I was like, man, if he's around in the second round, the Steelers should really look at him. He He's going to bring an extra dimension of not just running the ball, but when Patrick Mahomes, if you somehow take away Hardman, Watkins, Hill, and Kelsey. Oh, I forgot <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Right, right. <laughs> I forgot all those guys. And if you somehow find a way to take away all of them, 
I just see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire popping out for three yards, boop, drops it to him, Mahomes drops it to him, and that guy proved that against Alabama, against the major SEC teams in, in college, he was able to slice and dice them up, and that's the kind of competition that when you do it there, I still have to see you prove in the NFL, but that's where I'm most impressed with you do it. I just think that the Chiefs are too unstoppable right now for these Texans. It's tough, and you can see how a lot of the NFL has kind of been looking at getting speedier, looking at trying to put up more points, and certainly the Texans have done that as too. Uh, Clyde definitely looked for him on the arrow routes, and those short, they might even put him in the slot. He did that in college really effectively, mm-hmm. so there's a lot that could go on there. The Texans, let me ask you this. They're, they're revamped. They lost Hop. Okay, so is there any chance that there's addition by subtraction, that by having Deshaun back – I'm a little surprised they got Deshaun back after Hop's gone, to tell you the truth – but could it be where they rally around Deshaun better and actually perform as a team on offense better than they have? I mean, when you say uh, addition by subtraction, almost, I almost messed that all up. When you say addition by subtraction, that usually means to me something the Steelers went through with Antonio Brown having a complete meltdown and you needing to get rid of him, even though he's the supreme talent that he is. I don't see that with DeAndre Hopkins. He wasn't a locker room problem. He wasn't a cancer. He was just a right. guy who was really great for your team. And um, maybe something comes to this. Maybe David Johnson comes back healthy this year. I know that's got to be a storyline for, for the Texans fans that they're hoping that he can really deliver. You know, maybe Will Fuller is healthy this year. Maybe Brandon Cooks is healthy this year. They've added Randall Cobb. You know, maybe Kenny Stills can do something this year. But I just I think that's a lot of maybes to ask of this team, um, you know, moving forward. And defensively, I like several of their pieces. I love Justin Reed. I, I loved him in college. I thought he was great. I think Bradley Roby's a tough guy. Um, I think Vernon Hargreaves has a lot to prove, but he, he has a really high ceiling. Um, I love Zach Cunningham as a, as a linebacker. Whitney Merciless has been doing it for a while. Um, and then you still got, of course, Captain America, J.J. Watt. Um, he, I mean, he's, he's that guy. But it's just when you add all that up, there's still a lot of question marks that still have to get figured out. I don't see – the replacement of the superstar that DeAndre Hopkins was, you know, where like when the, when the Steelers, when they, when they got rid of Antonio Brown, they used the picks like that to go get a Devin Bush and Devin Bush became a huge piece for their defense. He was the first Steelers rookie to lead them in tackles in, in about 18 years. And that's what they got there. And now he looks like an X factor on the defense that are, that also has Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and all these other first team, all pros. Um, and Devin Bush looks like he may be a key piece for the future. I don't necessarily see that right now with the Texans as far as replacing DeAndre Hopkins. I just, and that's where I just have a hard time seeing this going well for them. Um, and maybe throughout the year they figure it out because Deshaun Watson is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch and evaluate. But yeah. by and large, I just think that this is a lot to ask of him to pull off right now. When you're getting a team like the Chiefs, they're, they're coming off the Super Bowl high. They're hosting the first game, even though, you know, fans aren't going to be, you know, filling the stadium. There's still going to be fans there. Right. Um, but, uh, but with the Chiefs, I mean, that's just a lot to ask a team that's still fully loaded. And there's no problem with their chemistry. There's, there's no need to look for who's going to be the bell cow on offense like the Texans are looking for. They know they've got Tyreek. They know they've got Kelsey. They know they've got backup guys behind them. Patrick Mahomes is, is the guy that everyone gets behind. And on defense, they still got several players like the Honey Badger and like Chris Jones that can lead the way. Less questions is more answers for the Chiefs. It is. And I'll tell you what, I think you're right. I think it all comes back to the Hopkins thing. And I, I didn't mean to say that it was uh, some kind of problem with Hop. No, I actually I, think I, it's I the it. opposite. 
I think by relying on him because he's so good, once you take him away, I think it forces everybody else to step up some. And one guy that I have my eye on, I want to see what Kenny Stills does. I feel like he's still got upside. He hasn't reached. And he's one that I'm looking for to take a step forward. Um, Should we get down to tax and see who you got on that game? Absolutely. I got, I got the Chiefs winning. I think it's going to be a lot of offense for them. I have the Chiefs winning 40 to 20. I think that Deshaun Watson puts up a fight. We see, we see a good battle through the first half, and then eventually you see, um, you see a lot more answers being found by Patrick Mahomes in the second half. In that third and fourth quarter, they pull away, and the Texans just don't have the answers to keep up with all the firepower the Chiefs have. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I don't know that it's going to be that high scoring. I see it a little bit lower, but you never know. It looks like the temperature is going to be in the high 50s at the time. There could be some rain, so we'll see. I have 31-24 Chiefs, but the Texans do get rolling. And, folks, that's how we see it today. Make sure you check out our entire lineup. There's a pair of new hosts every single day of the week on Locked On NFL. And Chris and I are going to be back next week and every Thursday going forward to tell you about Thursday Night Football and everything around the league. This was a lot of fun, Chris. Thanks. Thank you. We'll see you next week, guys.